0: Alan, welcome into the program. Uh, the Thank Waratahs you. win. What did that precisely mean?
1: Well, it meant that the, <laughs> the hope. It meant that we didn't lose forty-one matches in a row to New Zealand provincial sides, so it ended at the beautifully rounded forty. But I think everyone agrees that one swallow doesn't make a drunk. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think you know time will tell. Look, we've got problems here, and I think our New Zealand friends know we've got problems. There are a whole heap of structures, and I've written a lot about this. I mean, when basically, when New Zealand got into trouble in 2007, beaten in the quarterfinal of the World Cup, they took immediate action to do something they called a summit. They pulled the best people together. They centralised their administration. Uh, they coordinated coaching at every level. That's the coaches, the physiotherapists, the staff. And there's got to be something like that done here. We are in a, a parlour state. I mean, we've had one win, but, I mean, that New South Wales side is a class act. I mean, it's, it's almost a full international side, so... You shouldn't be surprised when they win, but they don't win very often. Uh, Queensland are in the same predicament. So we've got difficulties from grassroots schoolboys. We've got difficulties in funding. Uh, I think there are question marks over the person they've made as the CEO. She's got not a very flash record at Canterbury in rugby league. I don't know what she knows about rugby. I suspect not much at all. So these are the the difficulties we've got, and I can't see us emerging any time in a hurry. On the other hand, I always argued that at the highest level, Australia will always have 15, 20, 25, 30 very, very good players. It's just a matter of whether they're able to be put together in time and coordinated to be able to do the job.
0: Alan, this current Sanzar deal expires with the broadcasters in 2020. Oh, can, can, can Australian rugby, can you guys actually go it alone? Will there be enough interest from broadcasters, media and fans? And would you have enough money to finance a competition amongst yourselves?
1: Well, look, it depends on what your priorities are are our priorities to save South African rugby and Argentinian rugby and Japanese rugby? If that's your priority, if your priority is to say, oh, well, we must allow the media to dictate uh, how, in fact, we go about regenerating the game. Now, you know, people hate saying, firstly, I hate the Sanzar agreement. I think it's, a, it's rubbish. I mean, there's no way in the world uh, the, the Sansa model is affordable. So every time a team, for example, New South Wales or Queensland, I'm only talking about Australia, And I'm sure the same is true in New Zealand. But every time an Australian team goes on that roundabout to South Africa and then off to Argentina to play a couple of games of rugby, which is all it is, a couple of games of rugby, there's no change out of half a million dollars. Now, that model is not sustainable, not sustainable under any set of circumstances. And I've argued all along we are not responsible for the well-being of South African, Argentinian and Japanese rugby. But the people in Sansa, I mean, I don't, I don't know what their agenda is, but I would be ripping up that agreement. When you go back to when Queensland and and New South Wales and Canterbury and Manawatu and Auckland and those outfits were the outstanding provincial sides in the world, not Trans-Tasman, in the world. And I was coaching Australia and then I remember we'd all, and I was coaching New South Wales, we would actually take teams to New Zealand. We'd normally play three trans-Tasman matches, and, it varied, and they would come over here as well, do likewise. And this trans-Tasman provincial competition was powerful, very high-quality rugby. Now, the argument is, oh, would that have any appeal to the media? I'll tell you what, if you play high-quality sport of any kind, it will have appeal. Now, some of the stuff we're seeing in Sansa now is rubbish, and the New Zealand provincial sides are walking over the top of teams. There's no interest in any of that. So I just think the whole thing needs to be revised, but you've got to establish what are your priorities. What are we here to do? We're here to, we're here to save Australian rugby, I can tell you. And it's about five minutes to midnight. <laughs> Alan, uh, you mentioned there before about, you know, you, you do have, and when it comes to World Cups, you always show up with a very good team. You managed to get through to the final the last time. Do you think that perhaps if they stick with the Sanzar model again, they might have to lose another one of the teams? Well, I wouldn't sign on to the Sanzar model, quite frankly. And I'm not too sure that South Africa. You see, the key is this. Uh, you know forget just call us in the you and us are uh, are in the same time zone do you get up at two o'clock in the morning to watch a rugby game come on i mean who's watching this bloody stuff at two o'clock in the morning you're kidding me and i don't i'm not sure the south africa are even keen on any of this and i don't care we're not here to save south african rugby or argentinian rugby or how many of your rugby fans are getting up at two o'clock in the morning to watch a new zealand side play japan or play Argentina, no one.
0: But Alan, do you think, the does the ARU have a choice here? Do they have, Or, or do you think they do recommit to Sanzar, despite what you've been saying? And if so, what happens then?
1: Well, I don't ask me to comment on the ARU. D- do we have an ARU? Do we? I mean, we never hear from them. I don't know if they are. Um, the ARU are just, they've got 10 ears. We don't see them. This is the problem, part of... They have presided over this mess. They abolished the Western Force, and they said you'll recall, when they got rid of the Western Force, two things. One, there'd be more money for, for grassroots rugby, and two, it would strengthen the provinces. Now, it hasn't strengthened the provinces. In fact, we've never been weaker in terms of the, the score share, scorecard, and we've just rubbed out a team in the sitting grade competition, Penrith, because there's no money to sustain them. So no-one has seen any money at the grassroots, and we haven't strengthened the provincial side. This is the judgment of the people running the game. And my view is, uh, you in the corporate world, if you're fair income, if people had presided over that kind of failure, you'd get rid of them. But they seem to be hanging on to their blazers. No one quite knows how to get rid of them. They're more worried about themselves than they are about the well-being of the game.
0: Do you see the Western Force now potentially a problem child, Alan, because they've actually now got some support, they're well looked after, they're well financed, but they're on the outer. How do they fix that?
1: Well, that's right. Well, is it? well, it's not Australian rugby, is it? It's not Rugby Australia. It's Rugby Australia minus Western Australia. So the Western Force always had a tremendous supporter base, always. I mean, their grassroots was always strong. I argued that at the time. And when Klein and co. went into that meeting in Adelaide with Andrew Forrest and he offered $50 million. he told them that Western Force would be self-funding. Don't worry about them. They should stay in the competition. Uh, what do they do? They told Forrest to rack off. That's a pretty good judgment, isn't it? Uh, Throw $50 out the front door. No, I mean, the Western Force have got to come back. If we're a national code and it's a national administration, either it's the Australian Rugby Union or Rugby Australia, I mean, the amount of money they've spent rebranding it. We used to be the ARU. Now we're Rugby Australia. So all that letterhead and doorknobs and everything goes out the door, you know what it's like to rebrand, and that's a cost in itself. But you can't have Rugby Australia without the Western Force. But if they don't want to come to the party, then Andrew Forrest will do his own thing. And he knows he's got my support for doing his own thing. We're to grow the game of rugby in Australia. That's our job. And currently, that's not what the administration of the game is doing. Is it actually fixable? If, everything's fixable. Everything's fixable. All you need is common sense and a bit of guts. We're lacking both. Where are you going to find the people that do that, Alan? Plenty of people out there. There are plenty of people, but they're not being asked. You know, it's, it's a self-perpetuating club, this, an old boys club, so... When you look at the broadcasters here, uh, there are people on broadcast, on Fox Sports Broadcasting Rugby, and they're also uh, employees of Australian rugby. Now, are you going to get any kind of objective commentary? What I love about New Zealand commentators, and I'm not piddling in your pocket, but what I love about a New Zealand commentator is the absolute objectivity. You're watching the game. They say, well, that's it at half time. All Blacks 10, Wales 6. But I've got to say, it's not a very good performance by the All Black side. Wales were very unlucky. We'll be back after the break. And people are thinking, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's what I saw. You don't get that with our commentators because they're they're part of the Australian rugby administration. They're not going to criticise Australia. You don't get any objective commentary. There's a whole heap of problems that are wrong. Everything is fixable. We've got outstanding people happy to help. But no one asks them to help.
0: Alan Jones, Jones. former Wallabies coach, 2GB radio host.